Welcome back to First 100K, the show where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, digging deep to find the exact winning formula that you can use to go from A to 100K. See, because I believe that's where you're stuck. I believe 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck trying to break through the 100K mark. And we're all out chasing the million and the billion, but we haven't even made $100,000 yet. And I know my guest today, Clay, is 100% in agreement with that. So first 100K, what is the show about? We are the number one entrepreneur voice in America. Why? Because I'm talking about the things that nobody's talking about, like how to break through the 100K mark. That's what we're talking about today. So this is, if this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. And if you're one of the thousands of people who listen to us in over 30 countries right now every single week, I just want to tell you, I appreciate you coming back here every single week. Without you, this show doesn't exist. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a three-time failed entrepreneur. And I'm the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida, where I get to help hundreds of entrepreneurs either make their first 100K or their next 100K. And that's a privilege. This show is created for you, the entrepreneur, homepreneur, small business owner who is hustling to make your first $100,000. Today, our featured guest is Clay Clark, and Clay is this guy that's the founder of Thrive 15. I, I'm, I'm reading, I'm like reading through your, your intro, Clay, and I'm just caught up on the, uh, the folks at Yahoo describing you as the Jim Carrey of entrepreneurship. I don't even know those two things go together, but somehow they're going together. I know you're a comedic kind of guy, and you're going to drop some humor on us today. Um, and, and, you know, like, Founder of Thrive 15, right? So what do you do there? You're a company that offers online education for entrepreneurs in 15-minute videos taught by world-class mentors. So if you want to check that out, that's thrive15.com. So thrive, the number 15.com, and you can check out Clay. Clay, I'm going to leave it to you. Fill in some of the gaps in that intro, and welcome to the show, brother. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show and tell your listeners out there, uh, here's to you and your first 100K. Um, basically, I just grew up uh, very poor. Um, uh, how poor? Uh, I think poor defined as, a lot of people say, well, did you know you were poor? Yeah. I mean, my dad delivered pizzas. Uh, we lived with family from time to time. We didn't have the money we needed to, to play certain sports or I stuttered as a kid and we couldn't afford a speech pathologist, which is uh, someone who trains you to speak well if you stutter a lot. And so up until about sixth and seventh grade, I couldn't articulate myself, um, couldn't speak clearly. And uh, uh, so I, I just decided, I don't know when I flipped the switch, but it was probably around age 13, we moved to Minnesota. And my parents, due to financial reasons, said, you need to stay at your, with your Uncle Jerry. And I barely knew this guy because I grew up in Oklahoma. We moved to Minnesota. And so Jerry had deep, dark uh, raccoon eyes, you know, and his hair was always screwed up. And I thought, this guy's got to be an idiot. I mean, he's got to be, this guy's got to be uh, an alcoholic. This guy's got, there's something wrong with this guy. This guy wakes up like really early, doesn't talk to a single person. We live on this farmland. I don't know the whole story. But I wasn't curious. I just assumed he has to be an idiot. If he doesn't do his hair every day, he's got to be some kind of life problems. If he doesn't seem to go to work anywhere. And uh, Jerry, one day he wakes me up like my third or fourth day. I'm there. He wakes me up at four in the morning, five in the morning. And I'm waking up as a kid, like what's going on? What are you doing? And he says, well, if you don't work here uh, at the fakie residence, you, you can't uh, eat. I'm going, 
that's cool. Yeah, Cause I'm 12. I'm a 13 punk kid staying with my uncle that I've never met, you know? And I said, okay. So I wake up at, you know, seven o'clock, get ready to hop on the school bus. Hey, can I have some eggs? Can I have some, you know, bacon? Can I have some cereal? Nope. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed sleeping in and uh, tomorrow we'll try again. So, I mean, and this is so day two, day three, I realize he's not going to feed me, you know? So get up at 4am, 5am, whenever feeding chickens, come home from uh, uh, school, hanging out, not doing anything. I was overweight, wasn't in good shape. And uh, Jerry says, uh, hey, uh, why don't you look for some problems around the farm and fix them? And I'll pay you, you know, five bucks an hour to fix stuff, you know, fence posts that are falling down. You can spackle areas where the sheetrock that needs to be painted. You know, you can go fix the shingles. I've got a big list. He gives me a huge list and I'll pay you five an hour, get after it. So I go out there and pretend to work, you know, where you're not actually working, but you pretend to work. You know, I did my best. And uh, Jerry says, Hey, you know, cool thing about it is if you don't work, you don't get to eat dinner. I'm going, that's a weird deal. You can't do that. I, I can't do that. I'll call my parents. He said, yeah, you call your parents. It's cool. And they can't do anything because they're in Waco, Texas. So you, you and me, this is us. This is me not caring. Don't eat tonight. So this, this happens. Okay. So after about, I don't know, two weeks of that, my will was crushed. And he says, what do you want? And I said, I want to go back to Oklahoma. And he says, what does it cost? And I said, I don't know. He says, well, that's an important thing. You need to make a, a goal of how much it costs. What, is, what does it cost for you to buy a ticket? And I, just, I said, I don't know. He says, that's the problem with you people. You don't have a goal. The reason why I'm a retired multimillionaire who lives on a farm is because I had goals and I achieved those goals. I want you to tell me how much money do you need to buy an airplane ticket? And I, I don't even know where I'd look. He says, that's the problem. You're not resourceful. It's not about resources. It's about resourcefulness. You have no resourcefulness. Figure it out. Tell me what it is. We'll make a plan. So I come back, I find out it's, it's really expensive. Actually, it's less expensive now to fly than it was then. I mean, it used to be like 800 bucks to fly, 900 bucks to fly. So I find out the cost of a ticket and he says, okay, $900. So how many hours do you have to work to buy that ticket? Again, I don't know. He's like, how do you mean you not know? Are you a moron? I mean, it's $1,000. You got to work $5 an hour. I'm not withholding taxes. I'm paying you cash. Come on, kid. So, you know, over time I figured out like, gosh, okay, I got to work 200 hours. So I had a goal. So I worked towards that goal. Long story short, I moved down to Oklahoma, or I flew down to Oklahoma to visit my friends for the summer, and I kept doing this every summer. Jerry kept teaching me goal setting, kept teaching me goal setting and hard work, and now as an adult, uh, I think about those moments sometimes where in a basketball game, he didn't know anything about basketball. He knew nothing about basketball, Joe, but if I didn't hustle during the game, you get in the car, this actually happened. He goes, hey, it seemed like you didn't hustle a lot, like you had a lot of leftover energy, you know, like you had a lot of time to argue with the refs, a lot of energy. So we only live about eight miles from, you know, the, the, the gym here. So I'll see at home. And he literally drove in front of me so slow that I couldn't catch him, but so fast that I couldn't catch him, you know, that kind of thing, like a Rocky moment. That's, that and was so it. That's a Rocky built, moment. Right there. And he built that work ethic into me. So my parents moved back to Minnesota from Waco after settling his, my dad's parents' affairs after his death. And I was in shape. I got up every day at 5 a.m., I'm reading books because he's paying me to read books. He said, man, if you read a book, I'll pay you to write a report. I'm setting goals, getting stuff done. And before I was 16, I had started a company making t-shirts out of my uh, um, basement. And before I was 18, I was a member of your $100,000 club. How cool is that? So you had something that most of us don't get, a mentor. And Correct. a good mentor, right? And a successful right. mentor, someone who made it in business. He's a retired multimillionaire. Yep. And he's teaching you the value of hard work and resilience and resourcefulness. Right. That is such a blessing right there, right? So what would you say, like, 
and I'm changing the format here, right? Because based on that story, I, yeah. I, I like where you went there. So what would you say, Clay, to one of my listeners right now that said, well, Clay, that's great for you, but I didn't have that. I didn't have a mentor. I am my own mentor. Like, and I'm struggling. I, I can't figure it out. Like, I think I'm doing everything right to make yeah. my first 100K, K right now, but it's not working. I can't get well, past 40 let's yet. get really actionable because I know that's your heart and that's your, that's your passion and that's your deal. So, what we're going to do is we're going to just design a seven-day week for your listeners. So, let's just make a seven-day calendar that everybody can do and this works. So, I was actually on a St. Petersburg Beach. I flew into Tampa, Florida where you're broadcasting. Nice. So, I was just there literally 72 hours ago celebrating my wife's 21st birthday again. We do that every year for the last 16 years. So, went down there and uh, had a great time. We're on the beach and uh, I got up. 5 a.m. on the beach, right there at the Tradewinds Resort. Uh, there's a pink hotel at the end. We've stayed there as well, but there's this Tradewinds. Yeah, the, 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 what did what, you say it was called, the pink hotel? The Vinoy. The Vinoy, yeah. I've spoken there yeah. a few times. So, we, 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 anyway, we're staying there on St. Pete Beach looking out over the ocean. And I get up every day at 5 a.m. All your listeners need to do this. You need to get up either an hour before everybody else or stay up an hour after. I don't care. Whatever works better for you. And you need to think about your life in the following six compartments. And I've been coaching clients for years and this always works. So one, let's go ahead and put in a calendar. Are we staying up late or are we getting up early? Let's decide that right now. So Mr. Listener, let's decide that. Mrs. Listener, now we write down the following six Fs. Faith. What's your goal for the next five years for your faith? You say, I don't know, meet Yoda? I don't know, make, make, a, make a goal. Family. Make a list for your family. You know, what are your goals for your family? I have five kids, and, and it's crazy how it happens, but I actually, you know, certain things happen. We had five kids. I wasn't shocked by it. I decided not to have more than five kids. That was actually a number I thought of in my meta time at the age of like 17. You know, how many kids? Faith, family. Finances. How, what, are, what are your goals for the next five years for finances? Okay, great. Finances, fitness, friendship, and fun. Faith, family, finances, fitness, friendship, fun. Now you got your goals. Now, you got to ask yourself, what's something you can do today to get towards that goal? What's one step up the mountain? Not, not 50 steps. Let's not, let's not be unrealistic. Let's not create cognitive dissonance because we're setting goals we can't achieve. So, let's go ahead and say, what's one thing we can do today? Now, here's the part. This is the part where people don't want to do this part. I know our, your listeners do. I know the people listening to this one. This is their friends. Their friends are the ones who, don't, who, who want to just learn everything and not apply it. Your listeners want to do it. It's everybody else but me. Right, everybody yeah. else. But what you do is you say, when am I going to do it today? When? Well, the problem is, you know, I had my first job. I'm working at Target, Applebee's, and DirecTV at the age of 18. Target, Applebee's, and DirecTV. And you said, but Clay, I thought you were making 100 grand a year. I was, but I had three jobs to do it. So you got to figure out, you know, when am I going to do this? So you, you put into the schedule. So on the way to Target, I would, ch I would change my green Applebee's shirt, take it off, at the stoplight, change into my target shirt, make calls before my, I call my leads that were coming in for djconnection.com, the entertainment company I started out of my dorm room. And I would call the leads back during the, while traveling or while on break. And you had, it was when the phone didn't have the roaming, you couldn't roam on your phone. Cause if you roam, you went out of that zone, you had to pay more money. You only had like 300 minutes. So the move was I would call you, Joe, and then I'd hang up on you. I'm like, hey, is this Joe? And you go, yeah. And I hang up. And then you'd call back, hey, I got disconnected. But see, now it's on your minutes and not on my minutes because I only had 300 minutes. <laughs> That's such right? a hustle. Yeah. But I'm, so I had to do all those moves because I, I didn't have 
it was not about resources, it's about resourcefulness. Right. And a lot of people, if you could just afford 80 bucks a month, you could do unlimited, you know, on singular wireless. But I could only afford like 30, so I could just be barely in the game. But I'd call you, I'd hang up, you know. This is before text messaging. People wouldn't answer the phone, so I'd call and hang up three times. If people miss three calls from you, by the way, if they don't recognize the number, they will pick up now. If you three missed calls, people pick up a number they don't know. If you call one time, they don't. I mean, these are all just hustle moves. So you're calling right, people. So bring, us, bring us back to the six-day plan. Yeah. So what you're doing though is now you, you say, how am I going to get that done? Because I've got my three jobs. One of your listeners has three jobs right now. And you just have to put the little pockets in there. You're going to have to work out, you know, tonight, maybe at 915 after you put the kids to bed. You know, maybe you have to do your prayer time on the way to work at seven. You know, maybe you got to, maybe you got to make, you know, you got to enroll in that real estate class, but you have to do it at night because you have a current full-time job. But the win is where a lot of people struggle. A lot of people struggle to, to, they know what to do, but it's when they're going to do it. And you've just got to have that meta time every morning or night, one hour before every, get up one hour before you see anybody else or one hour after, and you have to design your schedule every day. And meta comes from the Greek word meaning above. So it's above the reactionary flow of a day. You've got to do that. And every millionaire and billionaire that I've uh, become friends with or I've interviewed or I've partnered with, they all do meta time. Some call it quiet time. And uh, Reed Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn, would say, the fastest way to change yourself is to hang out with people who are already the way you want to be. So I've just been very intentional about surrounding myself with people who are where I wanted to be. And I patterned my schedule after their schedule, did what they did, and boom, you get results. I think it's the, the old cliche, right? It's positive peer pressure. It's like yes. surround yourself with people and organically it just happens in a way. Correct. It's almost magical. All of a sudden, right. you start to take on their their behaviors, right? Whether good or bad. So, really know who your who are your five people, right? That you're spending your time with. Why do you think, Clay, that ninety percent of entrepreneurs are struggling to break through their first one hundred k? A lack of diligence. Expand on that. Um, it's it's a lack of d- discipline. You, you, just having the aim and the mission, having the ambition to be successful, doesn't matter if you're not willing to make the trade offs. And so, you know, like, I mean, I five kids, I mean, tonight's date night, my wife and I are going on a date and Wednesday nights, we always do date nights. And so we do date nights. That means that I have to get up at three in the morning on Wednesdays. So every Wednesday I get up at three in the morning. Why? Because I have a daily radio show that's broadcast in different markets and I have to do my show prep every single day previous, you know, to, to when my work day starts and Wednesday, it's just the way my schedule falls, I have to get up at three. And I think a lot of people would say, gosh, I'd love the income that comes with a show like that. I'd love the, you know, the, 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 our conferences are always packed out. I'd love, I'd love the income. People always, people always say that. I'd love the income, but they're not willing to do the, willing to do the, 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 the trade-offs or for uh, elephant in the room, our men's grooming lounge that we're, we're expanding right now. It's a, uh, there's one franchise I work with called OxyFresh. We have about 500 locations of that, that company. It's been around for nine years. And the other one I'm building right now is called Elephant in the Room. It's a men's grooming lounge. This is our sixth year. We have three locations. And you have to write an, a franchise disclosure document. And no exaggeration, that will take me personally about three to 400 hours to write a franchise disclosure document. And the item seven alone, which is a line item list of all the things needed to build out a location, that'll take me probably 15 hours. And I just think a lot of people, when they hear the word 15 hours or the statement, man, that takes 15 hours. That's almost when they check out because they go, 15 hours to do what? And they always want to like delegate it. They say, no, I want to focus on the big picture. I don't want to go there and write an operations manual. I don't want to write a book. I don't want to do the item 19 and, and analyze the financials. I, don't, I want to delegate that. I want to focus on the vision. 
And there's a lot of motivational conferences that'll teach you, you know, you focus on the vision, you know, delegate the details. The problem is, is that you know, the difference is in the details. And so like your podcast, I mean, you're, you're, you're grinding. You guys are p- producing this. I mean, it requires you to sit down, to make the plan, make the system, edit it, put it up there. I mean, there's, there's a lot of details, you know, and I think a lot of people just, they, and so what happens is we, a lot of times it's, it's people, we wait for a breakdown before we have a breakthrough. And so my breakdown was being poor, dumb, being uh, left with my, with my uncle Jerry and I couldn't fire him. He's like my unpaid coach who I can't fire, you know, and, and he, I couldn't go anywhere. We were in a farm community. And so I, it was, so a lot of people don't unfortunately reach out for mentorship until they have a breakdown. So I just say, if you're listening here today, I would uh, make that schedule, just make that schedule and uh, block out the time needed to do the activities you need to do. And, and if you do that, you will have success. It'll happen. Cool. I like the spin you put on that. What would you consider is your superpower? Because I, I know like, like what you just shared was, uh, you know, it conflicts with a lot of some of the gurus out there and what they teach. Which yeah. Is find your one superpower, stick to it and delegate out everything else. And you're, you're, you know, challenging that and saying, hold on, you need to get into the details, at least maybe for a certain amount of time and do the hustle, do the grind. So you know how everything works and then delegate it out. Which are you saying? And what is your superpower? Well, for the first hundred K you got to dive in there and do the details because you can't afford to pay anybody else. Now my attorney is an example, Wes Carter. I pay him now. Okay. He represents Joel Osteen, TD Jakes, big names. And I tricked him into representing me. Okay. So this guy, he's, he's the real deal, but I'm, he's, I'm charging four. You know, I, I he charged me four hundred dollars an hour to do the legal stuff. So did you call yes, him? I agree with the gurus. Once you. you get to a certain point, it makes a lot of sense to 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 pay money. You know, but when you're starting out, you're trying to make your first hundred k. I mean, you got to grind. You got to hustle. So what's my superpower? My superpower is I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get whatever I want. Got it. So just sheer tenacity. Just That's grind. Just, just grind. Just rise and grind, baby. You know, rise I think and grind. But then once you get to a level, like with the company DJ Connection I built, I got to a level where with that company before I sold it, um, you know, I'd wake up at seven, go to work at eight, leave at noon. There's no need to grind. It was already there. Mm-hmm. The only reason I, I grind now is because I prayed for a radio show and, and I prayed for the wrong thing, I think, and God gave it to me. <laughs> I got what I wanted, right? I got what I wanted. And with that comes the trade-off. And there's a lot of really neat things that are happening as a result of that. But now as a 37-year-old man, I find myself grinding. You know, at the age of 33, I find myself grinding for the first time in a long time. I didn't grind for a while there. I was, I was yeah. coasting. Man. Things were good. So I just, I would say that if you be careful what you pray for. Because I, I, I was praying pretty intensely there and I got exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Startup Nation. I love this advice that uh, Clay is dropping with us. Right. And I can relate with you, Clay, in this because it's like I went through years of just not grinding. However, when I was 19, I started, uh, you know, my first company there with some co-founders. I did 110 hours a week of grinding. I had the energy for it. And then, man, I was like, screw that. I don't want to do that anymore. Right. And I even found in my like my two co-working spaces, I want to check out half the time. Right. But eventually there was nobody to hand it off to. Right. We were, we were pre-revenue, right? Making the first 100K. So I think that that is good advice. Now I'm out of day-to-day operations. I've been able to delegate everything out, right? I don't even need to be in, the, in my business at all, which is fantastic. But Startup Nation, I put in the grind just like Clay is saying, and you have to do it too. So suck it up, buttercup, and do what it takes. Describe to us your biggest fail, mistake, or setback your first year in business, Clay. 
Um, it was it was just designing packages for my entertainment company that I was trying to sell to people that don't want to buy it. So I think everybody out there can relate to that. If you've ever done this, you, what you've done is you've, you've created a product that you're passionate about, but nobody cares about. Yep. And so you're out there going, I'm, I'm literally trying to sell wedding entertainment services to dudes. There is no man who has ever been aware of the day he's even, even getting married up until the day he's getting married. It's the morning of his wedding and the bride is going, Hey, uh, do you know what today is? And he not don't know. I mean, what's going on? Are we, we going to go into Chipotle? What are we going to do? Uh, we're getting married. Oh, cool. When is that going to be? Today. Oh, amazing. You know, guys that have no clue. They take, you take a man to a florist. He doesn't care. You take him to meet with the wedding planner. What are your thoughts? Do you want fuchsia or more of a doe skin or what color do you want? The guys are like, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know. And women are just thinking about every second of the wedding, choreographing that. So I was trying to sell to dudes because yep. I started off DJing for clubs. And clubs, it's a, it's a very much a, the club culture is very much a, we're in Tampa, put your hands in the air, everyone's having a good time, Thirsty Thursdays, a lot of glow sticks, you know, and then that's totally different from weddings. And so I was trying to bring that mm. mojo into the weddings, and I was just getting shut down all the time. I was dressing much like I am today, you know, I wore a suit and a red tie and a white shirt for 18 years after I discovered that nobody wanted to buy the Wu-Tang Clan for weddings, you know. But then I made a, a commitment to myself. Once I got to a certain level, I wouldn't dress up anymore. So I have to dress up uh, this Sunday because I, I got asked by a local church in uh, Owensboro, Kentucky to come speak. So I'm speaking at a church. That's cool. So I got a, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I'm no, no, gonna, like, that's awesome. Those, like, slightly formal shirts. We share that uh, same thing. I spoke at a church uh, the other day, shared my story about what God's done in my life, right? On my other podcast, Broken Catholic, that's what I do. So really? That's kind of cool. Yeah, bro. Maybe awesome. you know, we'll get you on that show. All right. So uh, did, what would you say is the number one fear that really messed with your head back then? Well, um, I, I didn't have a fear Impossible. And I just would say this. Um, I'm calling I, as a kid, I studied a lot. I got, my, I got bullied a lot. I made fun of a lot. I got abused a little bit as a kid there for a couple years in a row. And I went through a lot of stuff, which I won't get into. I'll take it to a dark place. But it was a very dark time. And, uh, you know, I could go on like a Me Too hashtag if I wanted to. And, you know, I could do that. But I just – and so whatever worst possible thing you could, you could imagine happening to a kid, that's what was happening to me. And so that was a weird thing because I wanted acceptance. And so the people I sought out knew that they kind of sensed that victim and they just went for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just really don't care. Like, so when my dad got ALS uh, two years ago and passed away, honestly, I did not worry at all other than I was like, dad, you got two years left. Let's make it the best we can possibly do. Maybe a year left. Let's do that. When my dad passed, I really do believe that when you, you, you pass on, you go to the next level, you know? So I actually was happy for my dad when he left that body that was dying. Um, I didn't have any fear about that. I don't have any fear when we, we started the business. I had no fear of failing. I really don't care. When you've been to the bottom, I mean, I've been to Trinidad for a speaking event. I've been to Roatan, Honduras. That bottom's a lot lower than, than uh, the bottom I had. But, but I mean, in America, I mean, I, I've been to that bottom. So I haven't had a fear. And I, I think that's maybe one superpower, I guess. I just, I don't have a fear. Um, and then I make calculated risks. So I would never start a business now that if it bombed, like when I started my haircut chain, I committed, I'm going to write a check for $2,000 a week into the company, maximum contribution for a maximum 
of five years. That's how, that's what I'm willing to risk. Five years, two grand a week, I'll do it. You know, and it took about two years to build, to make it profitable and now it does great, but I wouldn't risk more than I could uh, lose, if that makes sense. Now, mm -hmm. I didn't have any fear at that point. I just thought like, who gives a crap? I would cold call people and really like just not even care. I mean, I just, I just would cold call. I mean, I, I just didn't care. All right. So let me ask you this, right? Let me spin it a little. So for yeah. Startup Nation, right? Some of my listeners can't relate to that at all. I know. You just got to get some, get a little abuse going on. They fine. literally are paralyzed by free, by fear. You know this, you know this with your clients. True. Well, yes. right? they, they live in paralysis. So right. what would you say to a listener right now who just feels stuck? They're scared. They don't want to put their family at risk or they've already put their family at risk. The finance is at risk. They're in a company. It's not working. Something's yep. not working. They're not working. Whatever the reason is, what would you say to them as yep. far as to get their head right? Here are the three steps I give my clients. And so maybe these are ones I just give your, your listeners here. One is I would say cut all expenses and get your cost of living down as low as possible, but don't compromise your savings. So I tell a lot of entrepreneurs, sell the car, you two share a car, get rid of cable, do it, move into a higher end apartment, but get out of that house, sell that house. So one client I worked with, her company's called Zany Bands. She sold $60 million of slap watches and Zany Bands. She was featured on The View with, uh, uh, was it the, the view with Barbara Walters, you know, she was on that and all these big shows. And she literally at the age of like late forties, fifties, she actually sold her house, moved into an apartment so she could fund the business. So it just, you, one, you have to just cut costs, just cut costs, cut costs, cut costs. Two, get out a whiteboard and make a list of the worst thing that could possibly happen if this doesn't go well, all the things. On the other side, make a list of all of the things that will happen terribly if you don't take action. By default, just by doing nothing. Like, what's your life going to look like? And just look at it. And when you get to a place where the pros, you know, you'll say, gosh, by default, I'm going to be in a pretty bad spot if I don't do anything different. So, then, I, then I, it's time to take that jump. If you feel like that's bad enough, because there's got to be initially enough emotion there to take that motion. There's got to be enough – you just got to look at it and go, gosh, it's so bad, I might as well just jump. And so, that's that's – Third, third thing is listen to a podcast like Joe's podcast here. I mean, something where you're feeding your mind on a daily because, again, Reed Hoffman says the fastest way to change yourself is to hang out with people who are already the way you want to be. So when you're around excuse makers, which this just in, according to Gallup, G-A-L-L-U-P, 70% of Americans hate their jobs, 70%, 70%, according to Gallup, over eight out of 10 people are disengaged at work means they don't try. According to the Federal Reserve, the average American has less than $400 saved. According to Focus on the Family, most people don't like their spouse. I go on and on and on. So you don't want to talk to most people. Don't talk to most people. Talk to successful people. Talk, don't go talk to the fat guy about personal training. Go find a guy who's jacked. Find the guy who's the most jacked guy ever and say, hey, are you on steroids? He'll say, no. Or if he'll say yes. If he says, if he says yes, you go, I hey, probably don't want to listen. But if he says no, then say, what are you doing, man? He's going to say, you know what I do? I eat meat. I don't eat wheat. And I don't eat sweets. Meat, vegetables. No wheat, no sweets. Boom. Follow his diet. Eat exactly what he's eating. And all of a sudden, you'll get that confidence. But when you're getting opinions from the, everybody else, they're going to say, well, you know, gosh, maybe it's not the right time. You know, maybe it's not meant to be. They love to say that. Well, Karen, you did your best. You did your best. You just did your best. You know, and they almost want to validate your excuses because 
their life sucks too, and they're not selling vacuums. That's right. And if you shine, then they got to look in the mirror and ask themselves, why are they not shining? Great mm-hmm. advice there from Clay, a startup nation. Clay, what was the best business advice you've ever received? I know you received a lot. I know you give Oh, a this lot. is a kind of harsh Come one. On. The guy on, I do the radio show with, kind of harsh, but Dr. Zellner, we do the radio show together, the Thrive Time Show and uh, the podcast. And, and uh, I just remember from this. I, I got the Entrepreneur of the Year Award for the Small Business Administration. So the Small Business Administration that does all the small business loans announces that I'm the Entrepreneur of the Year for Oklahoma, basically our region. You know, go to D.C., get your award. I'm like, yeah, woo, woo, yes. And he and other people, all in their own different ways, all these really successful guys, because I'm like 27, I had achieved my financial goals. They all call me. And this is the stuff they're saying. They're all going, one guy says, hey, I'm glad that you're the king of the pile of crap. I'm like, what? Is, what? He goes, it's called small business because it's not big yet, son. And the only way you can stay small is by sucking. And I just thought, you're the worst people ever. You guys are terrible. And like, no, nah, it's okay. But when you want to start a big business, come see us. And it was just kind of like, there's a, there's a certain art to making the business dependent upon you and not scaling it. I mean, you have to really work hard to not build systems to stay in the same business for 12 years and not scale it. You know what I mean? So I was small business of the year, which means I had fewer than 100 employees. And just that perspective of like, gosh, that's so true. So I meet with this guy, I do a follow-up with Dr. Z and these different guys. And, and, they, and then basically their thing was, why don't you not try to be the best DJ company in America, best wedding company? Why don't you try to be the best company in America? Like just period. You know I mean? Why don't you try to compete with like Southwest Airlines to be the best company? And that perspective change was really powerful for me because I thought I was just on fire. I mean, we're doing 4,000 weddings a year. I thought I'm the man, 4,000, yes. But then I realized, gosh, I know nothing. I know nothing, you know? And so then I started kind of having that childlike mind again to relearn. And I really began focusing on systems and processes. And uh, that really set me free, systems and processes. But that I didn't, it was kind of like just mean, passive, aggressive attacks on <laughs> not appreciating the award I had just won. I know because the people, awards can get to your head. And they were trying to keep me humble and keep me coachable. And it really helped me a lot. So I, I do appreciate the personal attacks after I got an award. It almost sounds like, you know, your upbringing with your uncle. It was tough love, right? I surround myself with these people. And that's, this is the problem and the, the thing. I mean, you surround yourself with successful people. Um, for your listeners out there, I don't, do you have a Hobby Lobby in, in Tampa? You have people in 30 countries, but do you have a Hobby Lobby right there in, in, uh, in Tampa? I'm probably the wrong person to ask that question to. Okay. Well, Hobby Lobby, if you want to turn in your man card and look for knickknacks you don't need with your wife for three or four hours, Hobby Lobby sells those kind of things. And the founder of Hobby Lobby, it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar company. Uh, he actually capped his salary at like $250,000 a year and gives the entire, all of it away to a big cause he's in, into. He's into opening orphanages. And I'm not saying you have to do that. But when you're around people that are enormously successful, I remember asking, I'm like, Dave, why are we driving in a Jeep that appears like it's been like in, a, in an action scene from the A-team? It's got mm-hmm. the plastic windows and it's got, I mean, it's just the oldest, nastiest thing. Why are we driving here? I mean, I, and I just asked him. He goes, well, I just, because it works. I go, yeah, but you can buy any car in the world. He's, well, you know, my wife and I, um, we kind of view my vocation as, as vocation means your calling. And we kind of view it as, as like our mission. And our mission is to help provide uh, for people that can't take care of themselves, orphanages for kids. And so we, uh, every time we make a certain amount, we give it all away, you know. 
And so that's, that's kind of my, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's so inspirational. And I learned something from him, you know, and I learned something from different people. And I said, Dave, you have a family business and you guys all love each other. How do you do it? He says, well, it's called family time. Every Sunday we schedule family time and you just learn stuff from successful people, but you got to, you got to surround yourself with at least, I, I believe at least two people right now, all your listeners, two people who make at least five times more than you do. You just got to two people make five times more. You just, you got to meet them at least once a month because they're going to be thinking about business in a way that's better. And then if you're a dad out there, gosh, I was like a C minus dad for a long time. I say C minus, it's probably like an F plus, you know, like an F plus. Um, but I surrounded myself with guys who are just awesome dads based upon their kids had graduated high school. They're doing well in life. They're older than me. And I realized my family trajectory wasn't, go- I wasn't headed that way by default. And the mentorship I got from those guys, the tough love, when you tell somebody, hey, don't candy coat it. Give me the real stuff. Mm-hmm. You get so much better when you get that real stuff. I love it. What advice would you give to Startup Nation right now to my listeners, Clay, as far as finding those mentors? Like what's a good way or yeah. the way you've done it to approach yeah. them to say, hey, you're at this level five times bigger than where I, I am, yeah. and you're where I want to go. How do you do it in a way that's not intrusive or like, oh, can I pick your brain? which is like one yeah. of the most offensive things. Here's what I do. Here's what I did. This is, this is my move. I just would cold call. Boop, 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 boop. Hey, I'm trying to set up a meeting with Mr. Cadjo, uh, the quick trip gas stations. He's the head of the company. It's a billion dollar company. And they Valerie Painter is her name. Valerie Painter, P-A-I-N-T-E-R. She says, uh, he's not available. And I said, okay. Um, I'd like to donate $500 to any charity he wants for a half hour of his time. And I've got a list of questions. I seriously will show up on time, anytime, lunch, breakfast. She says, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I just keep doing that. But I had a list of, I kept the board, a whiteboard, a list of 100 people in Tulsa I wanted to meet. The founder of the Stairmaster, uh, Clifton Talbert, uh, Mr. Caggio, Mr. Green, the founder of Hobby Lobby. Uh, a lot of people never met with me. The, the COO of Helmerk and Payne. It's the company that invented fracking. Probably not a popular idea right now. But uh, I, I basically made a list of all these people. And I would just call them, you know, consistently. And I would offer to pay 500 bucks for a half hour. And uh, you'd be shocked how many of them said yes. I bet you I had like, you know, seven out of 100, something like that. Not, not 10, but, you know. And then they would meet me almost like, what's your, what's your deal? What's going on? And I had a typed out list of questions. And I just said, hey, I want to ask you. Uh, a couple of them I remember wouldn't accept the payment. They just said they wanted to see if I'd be on time and if I was willing to pay. Uh, a couple of them had me hand them a check to March of Dimes or whatever their cause was right there. One guy took a check for himself, said he's going to go take his wife on a date, you know. So, I mean, <laughs> that's cool. But then you meet these guys, and, they, and they, if you pay them, and these, these are multimillionaires. I mean, to, to, think about this. To make $100,000 a year, you've got to make $50 an hour for, 50, for 40 hours a week, for 52 weeks a year, you know, to pull in hundred and four grand. You know? So, you've got to, you, if you're taking their time, and they're a multimillionaire, I mean, that means a guy's got to be making, you know, $500 an hour. So, I mean, you're, you're understanding you're, you're making 500 an hour. They don't, they don't, they don't take five, they don't take an hour to meet with their own manager, let alone a guy who's not on their org chart. So you got to like, you know, figure out what they're making per hour and offer them about that much. Yeah, that's resilient. Most of them won't take cool. you up on. Uh, share with us another one of your daily habits that has helped you to get to where you are right now, Clay. Uh, first off, my entire day is a habit. I do the same thing every day. So every single day is the same day, which is my secret. It's like Tiger Woods swings the golf club the same way. He switches trainers, tries to do it differently. It doesn't work. Baseball players, great ones, have same batting stance, 
free throw shooters, great ones. Same, same people that are not very consistent at free throw. They try different strategy every day. So you want to find your system. Warren Buffett has the same system he's used forever. So my, my system is every single day, I wake up one hour before I see anybody every day. And I think about my F6 goals. I put it into my calendar. I keep my phone off 80% of my day. I do not take phone calls, text messages, emails, social media, nothing. Um, and I turn my phone on after I've achieved those goals or done what I need to do for the day. Turn my, goal, uh, my phone on and I respond to the messages that I need to respond to. And if you're not paying me or I don't want to, if I'm not seeking a relationship with you and, or, or you're not currently paying me or I'm not paying you, I will not respond to any, any communication. Got it. So if Reverse networking, I call this. So if someone's reaching out to you with a new possibility, is yeah. that door closed? It is closed unless uh, – I can meet a guy today. He emailed me today. He says, I want to be on your podcast. I saw you guys in the iTunes top 10, right? And I go, that, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, thank you. But it's, it's – he emailed, and he's not a real deal. Like, I won't tell, tell you his name, but he's a scammer. Like, if you look up his Google trail, it's just fraud alert, scam alert everywhere. This guy is a charlatan. You know what I mean? So I had a member of my team do background check on it, and this guy's just a total scam. Now, we have another guy I reached out today who I think is not a scam. He turns out to be very successful, and I think there could be a win-win, but I have someone on my team that kind of evaluates that, and then I'll set up a time. But I, I just don't want to get – because there's so many people out there that have disingenuous interests, um, yep. and a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of really, really promiscuous ladies email in on Facebook. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm serious. This is like a bad problem. I'm, I'm a 37-year-old guy. There's a lot of like, how's it going? And you know what I'm saying? That you get those crazy messages coming in, text messages and emails, and they know that I'm 37 and I could afford to cut it in half five or six times. So they're trying to do that. There's people that, I mean, that's their game. I got buddies of mine who play in the NBA and there's just people that come after you. It's weird, you know? So there's a little bit of that. There's always people trying to sue me. There's always people trying to get, you know, there's always just that. There's weird stuff going on. So I just try to really, um, and I live behind a wall. I have a bunch of silky chickens. And so I'm very, I plan out my day and I do my day, but I don't get distracted very much at all. Got it. So it sounds like you're very disciplined, right? Yeah, that's, and that's why vacationing in Tampa was the hardest part of my life. This, this trip. Just leaving I, everything and breaking your routine. I bring my backpack, no yeah. phone. I bring three books. And I go to yeah. the beach and I go, Hamada, Hamada, Hamada. This is how the world relaxes. This is fun. Here we go. And I actually got into a good flow on the second day. You should have reached out to me, man. We would have went to a burn steakhouse here in Tampa. World famous. It's awesome. I mean, I, I, you know what? Next time, I, we're, we're probably going to come back. Larry's Ice Cream. Larry's Ice Cream. Big shout out to Larry's Ice Cream. My kids, their minds melted there. Cool. Let's, uh, let's wrap up this show here. What's the one thing you want the world to know about making their first 100K or their next 100K? You need to bring in 50 an hour after expenses. So don't build a business model or plan that doesn't allow that to be possible. So it's I, I, sad, but a young lady I met years ago, she had a cupcake company. And if you're in a beachy area, maybe cupcakes work well if you're in an inner city area, but she's selling cupcakes. You know, I said, how, many, how much money do you make per cupcake? She says, about 12, 15 cents, 18 cents. I don't even know. We do the math and I'm like, you know, hey, you're going to sell like 21,000 cupcakes a week. You know, you could probably make 60 grand you know, if you're doing the math. And it's like, what? Are you kidding me? She's 10 years into it. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. And it's just like, you see people that are trying to sell a thing that's not a thing. And you want to make sure you're solving a problem that the world really has in exchange for compensation, whether it's a product or a service. So, but make sure after expenses, you can pay yourself $50 per hour. If you want to make 100,000 a year, you got to do the math. 
Awesome. Startup Nation, if you're joining us uh, right now, we are on with Clay Clark. He is the founder of Thrive 15. You can find him at thrive15.com. And Clay, Clay, go ahead and uh, take 30 seconds and just pitch, um, not pitch, but just share. What is the benefit if my listener uh, goes and wants to work with some of your mentors? Well, if you go to um, thrivetimeshow.com, and you, you go up there and you check it out. If you own a business, um, all the clients that we work with that you know, they implement the system have a growth rate that's typically around 31, 32%. We have some that are bigger than that. Um, and we have video testimonials from them. So like phone doctors, uh, there's 11 stores now, full package media, it's a real estate photography company, there's realtors. I mean, there's just tons of different businesses, dog trainers, I mean, car carpet cleaners. So then the, the GDP right now is 2.9% under the Trump-tastic economy. So our businesses are growing about 15 to 16 times faster than the average company. Um, and so if you want to grow, it's a great, the one-on-one coaching program is great. Um, our conferences, our two-day workshops are phenomenal. And uh, anybody that uh, um, can people, where would you like for people, to, if someone's going to leave you a review there, Joe, on your show, where's the best place that you'd like them to? On, on Google or iTunes or where are you thinking? Where's the best iTunes. place? To, yeah, iTunes. So if, if anybody out there is listening today, if you'll subscribe to this podcast, to Joe's podcast here, and you'll leave him an objective review, uh, just, you know, how, how's the show going? Subscribe to it. And if you'll just email me to uh, info at thrivetimeshow.com, we'll give you two free tickets. It's about a $540 value is what we typically charge for that. And there's no upsells. And the workshops are just a blasty blast. And we have thousands of people from all over the world, from Guam, from Australia that come to that. Workshops are probably the thing people love the most. One-on-one coaching is probably the second most. And then third is the videos are great. Uh, and they're 19 bucks a month. It's month to month. And if you're in the military or were in the military, it's free. So we're just, we're all about practical knowledge. You can't get in college, help you grow that business. Love it, Clay. Thanks for doing that uh, for our audience. That was pretty cool of you. And we're about to enter the hustle round. This is where I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. First thing that comes to you. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. All right. Clay, what's your favorite sound? Boom. Got it. What's your least favorite sound? Not boom. (laughs) When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? A DJ. What are you most afraid of? Speed, heights, wind, vacation, (laughs) water. Got it. I bet you could keep going. Stop. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Memorizing the lyrics to Wu-Tang Clan songs. (laughs) And then after that? Selling packages, wedding packages to men or trying to. And it turns out no men want to buy wedding packages. Yeah, I love it. You forgot the one thing, asking your customer what they want. Absolutely, dumb. What secret fear do you have about people? Their intentions. Got it, that you can't trust them? I trust nobody, not even, I don't trust anybody. I trust but verify. That's my worldview. I put cameras everywhere, I record everything. I just, I don't trust anybody. Clay, do you trust me? Um, no, but over time, I, I could, I, over time <laughs> we would see habitual behavior that would prove you to be the real deal. So if I was playing in basketball, I'd watch your belly button. I wouldn't go for the play fakes. I just watched the belly button. And if it was in business, the more, because you, you've got a great feedback, a lot of users out there, a lot of people. So the more that we've listened to your podcast, if anybody subscribes to your podcast and listens to you over, over time, we, your, your consistency will prove that you are right and I'm wrong. You know what? You're so right. Because I think we live in a world of skepticism and cynicism. Yeah. And 
in order for people to trust you, you got to be the one that's still standing at the end, right? So they want to say yes. Let's see, right? Awesome. What do you wish you were, had learned sooner in business? You can't trust anybody. You should verify <laughs> everything. What is the new habit that you want to form? Uh, doing less business ventures. Got it. What's a bad habit you want to break? Doing business ventures. I feel like I feel like I have too many people that have asked me to partner, and they, when I you partner and they get their business grows, then they tell their friend, and I just need to stop that. So my wife and I agreed that I can do one more deal, and that's it before I'm dead. So I got one more that I can do, and that's it. I just got to stay down the path. I'm just it just it's uh, people refer each other, and that's a problem. I tell you, the past two years, the power of saying no has been a game changer in my life. True. So, yep. All right, cool. Pick three words to describe who you are now, Clay. Man, bear, pig. <laughs> Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Uneducated, highly motivated. That's in four words. Got it. Imagine three sometime words. in the distant future and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. Father of five kids who had no discernible talent or skills, but who overcame adversity as a result of tenacity. Love it. And last question, Clay, if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Read, think, and grow rich and subscribe to thrivetimeshow.com, the podcast. <laughs> You'd be dead by then, dude. <laughs> That's your legacy? <laughs> come on. <laughs> That's so classic. Clay, Clay, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Um, if you will uh, go to thrivetimeshow.com, all the contact information is there. Uh, we do free, an hour-long free consultation for anybody. Um, sometimes the hour-long consultation goes about three minutes, though. If you have a non-viable business plan, I point that out quickly. Um, but usually, if you have a viable business plan, it goes well. But uh, it's, it's an hour long, but it could be as short as three minutes. That's cool. Clay, thanks for joining us today, and we wish you peace, love, and superpowers, my friend. Hey, big shout-out to Tampa. Thank you for letting me contaminate your beach. Tampa's fantastic. Startup Nation, imagine if you could make your first $100,000 this year. Head over to first100k.com and I'll show you how. And while you're there, shoot me a question or a comment. That's first100k.com. And I also wanted to share with you, we have hit our six-month goal. We have listeners in over 30 countries now. If you would like to be a part of this show, head over to first100k.com, become a sponsor, become a patron of the show. And uh, for a dollar a month, you can become a, a partner with me in this show, First 100K. For $5 a month, you could get some of these uh, exclusive patron-only perks, and I want you to do that. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week. Peace. <laughs>